Good morning, everybody. Hey, it's great to be with you today. Thank you, worship team, for leading us. I'm Pastor Brian, one of the teaching pastors here, and uh, you picked a good Sunday to join us. If you're new with us today, I just especially want to say welcome. We're so glad you're with us today. I hope you'll come back next week and the week after. I was just talking to someone from the first service who said he came here five years ago for the first time to bring some friends, some neighbors, and he said, I haven't stopped coming ever since then. And uh, I love hearing stories like that, so we hope you'll find this to be your home. We're just a bunch of regular people pursuing God together, nothing special. Uh, we're just we're trying to understand God and his word, and we're trying to experience a relationship with him. And so uh, it doesn't matter where you are in your spiritual journey, if you're brand new to it, if you're coming from another kind of church tradition, we're just glad you're here. I hope you'll Hope you'll continue to join us. It's a good week for you to be here if it is your first time because we're starting a brand new series on spiritual warfare. Now, I know some of you, some of you are like, what kind of church is this, right? Because some of you are thinking, this doesn't sound like something Alpine would do to talk about spiritual warfare. Are we going to be talking about angels and demons and Satan and all that kind of stuff? And we're going to have like, um, we're going to cast out demons midway through the series up here um, maybe, some of you are thinking, I think I'm in the wrong church, okay, because this isn't kind of an alpine thing, this isn't typically what we do. Others of you are probably sitting here saying, it's about stinking time that we get to the meet and talk about spiritual warfare. Well, I, I, I want to just tell you, we got something for everybody in this series, and I want to start with a question, just a quick little poll. I'm eager to know um, how you'd answer this question. I want you to raise your hand if you experienced spiritual warfare in the last week. Raise your hand if you've experienced spiritual warfare in the last week. Wow, way, way more than in the first service. You guys, I don't know if that means you're more spiritual or less spiritual, I'm not really sure, but it was a lot more than in the first service. Well, well today, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm pro if I remember, I'm gonna ask that question again here a little bit later in the sermon, but I want, to, I want to start by making sure that you understand what the Bible says about spiritual warfare. Our first value as a church is that we look to God and his word in everything we do. So when we're talking about spiritual warfare, and we're excited to do this for the next five weeks, we want to make sure that we're getting our ideas from scripture. We don't want to get our ideas from books. We don't want to get our ideas from movies. We want to get our ideas from scripture. And I think you're going to learn some things today, wherever you are on the spectrum as far as spiritual warfare is concerned. Even if you're brand new here today, you're, you wouldn't even call yourself a Christian just yet. You're just saying, look, I'm just dipping my toe in the water. I'm not, I'm not really sure what to believe about all this stuff. You're gonna learn some really interesting things about spiritual warfare today. And I wanna start with the series Big Idea because I wanna make sure that we all understand this from the outset. Spiritual warfare involves two things on a spectrum. It involves both everyday life, regular, normal, everyday life stuff, and it also involves otherworldly battles. Some of you might think, when you think of spiritual warfare, you just think of like the multiverse, you know, Thor versus Loki kind of stuff, but except the angel versions, not the superhero versions of that. That, that might be what you're thinking. But actually, and we're going to show you this today, and really over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about kind of the everyday life spiritual warfare that we all experience it, even if you don't know it. Act, you, you might be surprised to know that the Bible talks less about the weird multiverse stuff, 
ether stuff, spiritual realm stuff, it actually talks less about that than it does about regular stuff that we would all relate to. We just wouldn't probably normally classify it or categorize it as spiritual warfare. We just say this is everyday life. And you're going to see in this series that both of those things are involved. In fact, we want to introduce this framework that we're going to be using throughout this series, the world, the flesh, and the devil. This is a really simple framework for understanding spiritual warfare, and it comes from a scripture passage in Ephesians chapter 2. In fact, you'll notice a lot of the scripture we use in the series is going to be from the book of Ephesians, because Ephesians talks a lot about spiritual warfare. And it says there in Ephesians chapter 2 that you were once dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world. So there's the world. And it's interesting, isn't it interesting? It says the course of this world. How many of you know that there's a course that the world is trying to bring us on? There's a current that the world has, and it's flowing away from God. The world, we're not talking about the earth. We're talking about everything. We're going to talk about this next week a lot more. We're talking about everything in the world that is in, stands in opposition to God. Some people call it the world system. And the truth is the world system is trying to pull you away from God and from his ways. The world system is doing everything it can to get you to believe something different than what God's word has to say. And whenever that happens, you're, you're actually engaged in spiritual warfare. We'll give some more examples of that in just a little bit. But that's the first thing he said, that you followed the course of this world. And then he said you were following the prince of the power of the air. Now that, there's another name for that. That's Satan. That's the devil. The devil is the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that is now at work in his sons of disobedience. And so that's the devil. So Spiritual warfare sometimes is creepy. I've got some examples of that in my life as a Christian. I experienced some really intense, I would call it creepy spiritual warfare. We have a missionary we support from Indonesia who was, last time he was in town, he shared some creepy spiritual warfare examples that is just straight up satanic and from the devil. And the Bible says that that's a real thing as well. And so the, the prince that is the prince and the power of the air. We're going to talk about the devil. We're going to talk about that in week four of our series. We're going to get into all the weird stuff in week four. You'll, you won't want to miss that one because that's in the Bible also. That's in the Bible also. It's all in the Bible. We don't want to just take the stuff that we can relate to or that we understand. We want to wrestle with everything the Bible has to say. We really want to know what God's word has to say about it so that we can be smart about it. But he goes on and he says, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. And so that's the flesh. So the flesh is also a part of your spiritual warfare. We're going to talk about this in week number three. We'll talk about how there's a battle going on in your flesh. Paul talks about it in Ephesians chapter 5. We've seen this verse actually in this last series. We talked about this battle between the Holy Spirit in you and the flesh, the, your old nature, your sinful nature. There's just there's this epic battle going on in the flesh, which means, by the way, that you can't escape spiritual warfare just by getting up and moving to some remote place up in Idaho, because even though the world might not be there, you can throw away your phone and your TV and your newspapers and your fax machine, 
The world won't be there. That was supposed to be funny. I just threw fax machine in and you did not even pay any attention to that. You have got to be on the ball today because if you're not on the ball, I'm gonna feel really bad. I'm gonna feel like I'm not funny anymore. Okay. You could go, you'd go up to Idaho and detach from the world altogether. But you'll bring your flesh there and so you'll still experience spiritual warfare. Because it's not just, spiritual warfare isn't just out there. It's not just the influences in the world, it's actually in here. It's a battle in here as well, and we'll talk about that in week number three. And so as we look at this kind of outline for the next few weeks in the series, I want to encourage you to come back because I want you to understand that spiritual warfare is broader than you thought. It's not just otherworldly spiritual realm stuff, it's also everyday stuff that you've all experienced it, whether you know it or not. Now today, just to get us started in the series, we want to give you three principles for spiritual warfare. And I want to make sure that you understand these three principles. They're, they're the, I would say these are the three fundamentals of spiritual warfare. And we're going to revisit these principles in each of the next few lessons as we go. But I want to start by giving you this overview of how spiritual warfare has always worked. And again, you might not have ever recognized it as spiritual warfare, but it really is something that you've all experienced. And the first principle is, is going to introduce a couple of terms here. Spiritual warfare uses footholds to establish strongholds. If you, if you picked up any book on spiritual warfare, you'll probably run into these two terms. These are term, kind of spiritual warfare terms, footholds and strongholds, and I want to make sure that you understand it. So let's go to the dictionary, Oxford Dictionary. It says a foothold is a secure position from which further progress may be made. So what Satan's trying to do, a good way to think of this is he's trying to get his foot in the door. You're inside, you're in the room, you're trying to close the door on him, he's getting his foot in the door. If he can get his foot in the door, that's all he needs. He just wants a foothold in your life. He just wants a foothold in your marriage. Young people, he wants a foothold in your mind. He wants a foothold with your friend group. He wants a foothold with what you're reading right now or what you're watching right now on your phone. He just wants, a foot, he just wants to get a foothold. He's not, he's not gonna show up and barge in and break through the door. He's just gonna get a foothold in your life. It's gonna be innocent enough. He's gonna start small, but he wants to grow his influence. And eventually what he wants to do with that foothold, which is kind of an offensive strategy, a foothold is like, whoa, here I go. I'm starting to move toward you. That's a foothold. And eventually he wants to break in and establish a stronghold in your life. We'll get to strongholds in a second, but I wanna, I wanna show you a verse that illustrates how this works. I want, you to sh I want you to see how normal this is, how everyday this is. It's not like weird multiverse stuff, it's just everyday stuff. Paul says in Ephesians 4, don't, let, don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger, look at this, Anger, which is a really normal thing. Who hasn't ever gotten angry? Anger gives a foothold to the devil. Now, I've always understood this verse in the context of marriage. I feel like this is how it's always applied at church. So let's go there. In your marriage, maybe, maybe you heard, you should never go to bed angry. This is where that comes from. What that means is you should try to reconcile with your spouse before you go to bed, and the reason you should do it is what happens is 
Satan is going to get you and your spouse fighting, get you and your spouse mad at each other, and you're, not gonna, you're too proud, you're too arrogant, or you're just too angry, just plain angry, to do something about it. And so you don't reconcile, and you're not married to a wife who's as kind as my wife, where she would make sure we reconcile before, because I'd be fine with sweeping it under the rug, personally. That's kind of my, how my family always did it. Like, we had all kinds of footholds in my family, all kinds of stuff under the rug in my family, because we never dealt with stuff. We just always let footholds get established. My parents did in their marriage, and then we did as siblings, and it was just kind of our way as a family. We didn't deal with anger in a biblical way. And look at what Paul says to the Ephesians. He says, what happens now when you do that is you're letting the devil, like, where did the devil get involved in this? I'm just angry, that's all. It's no big deal. Tracy just hates it when I leave the toilet seat up, you know? So it's just, that doesn't seem like spiritual warfare to me, right? Tracy's been gone since Wednesday. It's been awesome. There has been no... Spiritual warfare in our home all week long, man. I mean, the toilet seat's up, the bed's not made. I haven't vacuumed in days. So I did all that this morning. You better believe the toilet, she's come home tonight. The toilet seat's down, the bed's made, no footholds in this household, right? See, because look at what happens. As you, you get angry, again, it just starts so small, so innocent. You're angry and you're justified, aren't we all? We're all, you're justified in your anger. You're angry and you feel justified. So you go to bed. Because she's the one that's got to say, I'm sorry. She doesn't because she's thinking the same thing. So here you do. You go to bed angry. The devil just got a foot in the door right there in your marriage. You wake up. You're still angry. You don't deal with it. He's kind of got his knee in the door now. Pretty soon, two days turn into three days, turn into a week or two weeks. Now he's Half his body's in the door. He's just inching his way in. He's got that offensive position. He started with a foothold, and he's inching his way into your life, into your marriage. And how many of you know that two days and three days can turn into four decades? There are so many couples that didn't deal with the simple stuff. Every, I haven't yet to meet a couple that when they got married didn't love each other. I have yet to meet that couple. I have yet to meet... So what is going on with couples that are three decades, four decades into it, and they can't stand each other? Here's what's going on. The enemy got a foothold in your life with something simple like anger, and anger turns into bitterness and resentment. Pretty soon you've got walls built up, and guess what you have now? Now you have a stronghold. See, a a stronghold is a place that has been fortified to protect it against attack. So what was a foothold, the devil's just got, he's just slowly trying to go on the offensive. He's slowly trying to nudge his way into your marriage, into your life, into your family, into your mind, young people, into your friend group. He's just nudging his way in pretty soon because you're not paying attention to it. You're not paying attention to it. Pretty soon, he's in the room, he's closed the door, and now he's keeping God out. He's got a stronghold now. Now he's in there with you, he's in your life, he's locked the door, and now he goes on the defensive, he doesn't want God to get a foothold back into your life. Because you know what, this principle works both ways. This isn't just a principle that the enemy knows, this is actually a principle, this is just how it works. 
Spiritual warfare works this way. You can either let the enemy get a foothold in your life that turns into a stronghold and now it's really hard to overcome those strongholds in your life of anger or addiction or bitterness or divorce or pornography. These are strongholds that, that, have, that have been set up in some families for generations. They're strongholds. And you thought it was just regular, everyday stuff, but no, it's a spiritual battle. But see, what you could do is you could let Christ get a foothold in your life, right? And he can begin, you, this is the goal, is you can let him advance into your life, and now when you let him in the door, you can close the door behind him and lock that door, and now with his help, you've got a stronghold against the enemy, against those things that he wants to bring into your life. Because Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, the enemy, his goal, his desire, is to steal and kill and destroy. That's what he's trying to do. He's, getting, he's establishing that stronghold in your life because he, he wants to destroy you from the inside out. But Jesus said, I've come that they might have life and have it to the full. So see, he wants to set up in your life, set up camp, and he wants to help you set up a stronghold in your life so that you can, from there, you can just begin to experience the life that he always wanted for you. That, that doesn't have death and destruction and addiction and anger and bitterness. That's what he wants. And in week five, we're going to turn to Ephesians chapter 6, where Paul talks about the, the spiritual armor that we can put on, the armor of God, he calls it. And the armor of God is all about those things in our lives, that, that def, those defensive things in our lives, those positions in our lives. Most of it is pretty defensive. So it protects us from the attacks of the enemy. It protects us from Satan trying to get that foot in the door and establish that stronghold, or that foothold from which he can eventually establish a stronghold. So make sure to come back for the entire series. Spiritual warfare always works like that. Footholds, strongholds, remember that. Here's the second principle. This is gonna probably blow your mind. Some of you have never thought about it like this, but spiritual warfare is a battle that's waged most often in our minds. Again, you think of spiritual warfare as something that happens up there with the angels and the demons like going at it with each other. And I'm not saying that there isn't an element of that, but the way that you're going to experience it, the way you're going to see it, the way you're going to interact with it in this world is in your mind. Satan is going to try to get you to think wrong thoughts. Young people, I want you to hear this. Satan is going to try to get you to think Wrong thoughts. That's what he's going to try to get you to do. He's going to try to confuse you. He's going to try to get you to follow the course of this world. He's going to try to get you to satisfy the desires of your flesh, your old nature. This is what Satan's going to do. And he's going to use everything he can possibly use to get you confused. And the way he's mainly going to do it is in your mind, with your thoughts, with your beliefs, with your ideas, with your memories with your fantasies, with your feelings. He's good. This is how he's worked. This is just, these are the weapons of warfare. This is where the battle is waged. It's so important that you understand this because again, if, you, if you're not aware of this, then when a thought comes in your head, if you don't realize that that thought is a weapon of the enemy, then you're gonna just think it's just a regular thought. You're not gonna realize you're engaging in spiritual warfare and guess what? The enemy got a foothold into your life. And he does it through your mind. Again, some of you are like, where are you getting this from? 
actually comes from Scripture. Here's one example. This is such a great example. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul says this. We're human. All right, we're human. We're normal, we're regular people. We're human beings. We're not spirit beings. We're human. We live here in this realm. But look, he says, we don't wage war like humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, not swords and guns and shields. He says, we don't use worldly weapons. We use God's mighty weapons to knock down, look at this word, strongholds, to knock down the strongholds. And look at the strongholds of human reasoning. Now, wait a second. This isn't where I thought Paul was going to go with this. He's saying, we're human, but we don't wage war like humans do. No, there's a spiritual battle going on, and we wage war up in the heavenly realm, and it's way up there. It's way out there somewhere, and it's, it's, you can't really touch it. You can't really feel it. It's, you, it's, just, it's, just this, it's up in the ether. That's not what he says. He says, look, we're, we're human, but we don't wage war like humans. Here's how we wage war. We tear down strongholds of human reasoning. And he says... We destroy false arguments. Huh. Not demons? No, no, false arguments. He said we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. There's another thing that's in your mind. So the enemy is trying to keep you from knowing God. He's trying to keep you from understanding who God is and pursuing the God of the Bible. And he says... So what we have to do is we have to capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. This is, spirit, this is a spiritual warfare verse. And what it's saying is that the battle is going on between your ears. Human reasoning, false arguments, rebellious thoughts. It all happens up here. So young people... When you're watching something on your phone, on TikTok or on Instagram or on MySpace, <laughs> thank you, thank you for paying attention because I'm just marking off all the other ones. I'm like, that didn't work. Fax machines, that didn't work. When you're, when you're, on, that, when you're on those apps, listen, I want you to hear this. Every time you open an app, you are engaging in spiritual warfare. I mean, I mean it. Every time you open it, and not just young people, old people too, every time you turn on your TV, you are engaging in spiritual warfare. I'm telling you, because here's what's going to happen, is someone on that box, someone on that device is going to try to force human reasoning on you that brings you away from what God's word says. Someone's going to try to propose a false argument that totally goes against God's word, and yet... The whole course of the world is going in this direction. Let me give you an example. These days, we're dealing with something that I didn't have to deal with when I was young. Young people now are being told they have to decide if they want to be a man or a woman, a boy or a girl or otherwise. Guys, God's word makes it really clear. Young people, I want you to hear this. God's word makes it really clear. This is a spiritual battle we're engaging in with the world it's a spiritual battle that says, no, there's not just male and female, but God's, God, it says in Genesis, God created them male and female. I know that that's not popular to say. Why? Because of the world system. But this is, this is the battle that we're engaged in. And the world says that I'm 
that that's hate speech for me to say that. That's spiritual warfare right there. That is a false argument for them to say that, also known as gaslighting. That's human reasoning. Those are rebellious thoughts. So when I bring my thought life in line with God's word, I'm allowing God's word to have a foothold in my life. And the more I do that, the more I get a stronghold. Young people, we want you to have a stronghold in your life against the attacks of the enemy that are just going on day after day after day in your world. And I know you can win the battle, but I'm telling you, it's a battle. That's just one example. The Bible makes it very clear how, we're, how we should think, how God wants us to think. But the world around us is going to try to grab us into its current and get us to go in that direction. We'll talk more about that next week. We'll give you a lot of examples of what spiritual battle, a spiritual battle with the world really looks like. But it happens right here in your mind. Now, I want to I finish because I, I look, I can see the look on your face. Some of you are like freaking out a little bit. You're like, this is really, really weird. I think I'm going to go to the Baptist church next week. <laughs> this is really weird. But I want to I end with the third and probably the most important principle of spiritual warfare. That yes, it's ongoing, but the battle is already won in Christ. I want to make sure that you understand that we have the victory, it's already been secured for us. I wanna make sure that you know that. In fact, I wanna share, I wanna close with just a couple of verses that are really encouraging to keep in mind. Maybe write these down. Ephesians chapter one says this. Now, Christ is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. That's us. So what this verse is saying is Jesus has all the authority in the spiritual realm. Jesus has the authority. I don't want you to get the idea that this spiritual battle that we're waging, that this spiritual warfare is like, is like Loki versus Thor. Now, if I'm not a superhero guy, but are those guys brothers? Okay, they're brothers. I want you to hear this. Satan is not Jesus' brother. Satan is a fallen angel, a created being, and Jesus is the creator of the universe who always was, always is, and always will be. The distance between Jesus and Satan literally cannot be measured. Satan is so far above, or Jesus is so far above Satan. They are not equal. It's not like a soccer match that ends 0-0 and they have to have a shootout afterward. It's not even a contest. Jesus has authority. I want you to know that. If you're a follower of Jesus, Jesus has authority you can win the battle. Young people, you can win the battle. Married couples, you can win the battle in the name of Jesus. Jesus has the authority. The question is, will you appropriate the victory he's already won for you? That's the question. The question is, will you allow it to come to bear in your life on a daily basis, in your marriage, young people, in your friend group, in the stuff that you consume on your phones or on TV? That's the question. And the reason that he has won the battle is explained in this verse, Colossians 2. 
Jesus canceled the record of the charges against us. He took it away by nailing it to the cross. I love the imagery Paul uses here. In this way, Jesus disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. I love that. And he shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. You know, think about it. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, Satan thought he won. Because Satan saw, in his eyes, on the, in the worldly stage, Satan saw Jesus hanging there half naked on the cross, shamed, dying, and, G- and, and Satan thought he had won the victory. And then three days later, Jesus rose from the dead. And it turns out that this was Jesus' plan all along. Because, because Jesus has authority, all authority, over Satan. So the battle's been won for you if you're a follower of Jesus. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, I'd love to meet you today and I'd love to talk with you more about how you can get on Jesus' team so that you can have victory in these battles. But if you're a follower of Jesus, the battle is won. You just, you just have to let it play out like that in your life. There's so many Christians that live in, in struggle, in an addiction, and in anger, so many Christians that, that live a life that's not victorious, and yet Jesus already won the battle for them. So what they're doing is they're not, they're not aware of how to, how to use the principle of footholds and strongholds in their life to actually live day by day, week in, week out, in victory in their lives. You can do it, not because of you. You can do it because of what Jesus did. Jesus has won the victory. I hope that you'll continue to join us through this whole series as we dig into the world, the flesh, and the devil, and as we talk about the armor of God. And I pray that, that you will be ready to like engage in this process like you've never done before and see the victory that Jesus wants to give you, the fullness of life that he wants you to live in because of it. Let's pray together. Lord, I pray that you would help every person here God, to take whatever scripture verse, whatever thought, Lord, that was from you, I pray, Lord God, that that those thoughts and ideas that are biblical and right would have a foothold in our hearts and minds, in our families, in our marriages. And I know this is just the start, but I pray from that foothold that you would establish a stronghold in our lives. And God, the victory that you that you bought on the cross through Jesus Christ, that victory, Lord God, would be ours on a practical level in our everyday lives, and we'll, we'll give you the praise and the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen.